0: Two, three. All right. Welcome back, Holy Messes, to another episode of A Holy Mess with His Holy Mess, Father Paul. Uh, today, I think this is episode. 29 so we're 29 weeks in thank you for sticking with me hopefully you have uh and i'm very excited about the guest that i have today matter of fact i'm i'm really humbled and honored uh that she said yes so quickly um i don't know i'm like not looking at this because i'm just so used to talking to a mic uh but when i went to the march for life as you all know uh a couple of months ago all of a sudden, somebody that I was with was like, hey, there's Abby Johnson. And I was like, wait, where? And they literally just like took my arm and brought me over to Abby Johnson. And I was just talking to, and we'll get into this, uh, some of these women that used to work for an abortion company, and I was interviewing them on my little uh, mobile podcast thing, and I said, Oh, Abby not realizing that like it's her ministry. (laughs) I said, Oh, I was just talking to these women, my podcast. And Abby was like, you haven't had me on your podcast yet. And I was like, you would come on. And she she said, Yeah. And then I said, How do I contact you? She goes, I'll contact you. And in my mind, I'm like, Yeah, okay. And she did. (laughs) She did. So, a woman of my word, Father. Yeah. A woman of my word. Oh, my gosh. So, th- I mean, you must be bombarded with a million interviews. And, I mean, your life is literally a movie or the movie is made about your life. And mm-hmm. so this is just a little humble. You know, we don't have thousands of downloads or listens. You know, a couple hundred, three, four hundred each week. Uh, but I'm grateful because I know for a fact uh, that there are people that do listen to this podcast that for some reason they like it and find that entertaining, but they don't go to church or they're not practicing yeah. their faith. So um, I, uh, this is you know for everybody, but I know that, that a lot of people can be touched here. So for those of you who have no idea who I'm talking about, uh, I'll let her explain herself. But uh, Abby Johnson, I guess in a nutshell, is known for – she used to work for Planned Parenthood. She mm-hmm. used to be a director for Planned Parenthood. And now she's not she used to be and correct me if I'm wrong, pro-choice. And now she's pro-life. And she walked out uh, on Planned Parenthood and began a journey that changed her life forever. And her entire this entire story was documented in an excellent movie, which I just rewatched last night, uh, called Unplanned. So, Abby Johnson, thank you for being here. Of course.
1: Thanks so much for having me on, Father. I'm, I'm excited to be on. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. We can talk. We can literally talk anything. I'm 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 like an open book, so we can we can talk anything. I'm, oh, I'm well, excited. I, I'm
0: just so intrigued. I mean, obviously, people could watch the movie and I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to be real with you. I I saw your movie about three, four, five times, and I still didn't realize I knew it was based off your life. I didn't realize you that you first wrote a book and yeah. then the movie was made. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask you some questions if you don't mind because I'm like totally a movie guy, love movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh do, I don't always I don't always read the book. Uh but now I, I want to. So I want to ask, you know, obviously because you always hear, you know, based on based on yeah, how closely related was this movie compared to your actual life experience and your book?
1: Yeah. So I would say it's 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 pretty similar. Um, you know, compared to a lot of other stories where uh, you know, you you watch the movie and you read the book, and you're like, oh, nothing like the book. Um, this is actually very similar. So, and particularly, I was on set for about half of the filming, um, which was cool. Uh, but I was on set for about half of it. I wanted to make sure that every scene that had an abortion scene, okay, so. There's like four key abortion scenes. So the opening scene, kind of one of the opening scenes where I, you know, I watch this abortion. Okay. That one I was on set for. I was on set for all the abortion scenes. Okay. The scene where a young girl almost hemorrhages to death. Yeah. In, in our facility. Okay. That one, um, the scene where I go through my own medication abortion, um, that, and then there was a, also a scene where, uh, the first time I'm ever introduced to the POC lab, um, which is where you piece the babies back together. Okay. So that scene as well. So those four key scenes talking about abortion, discussing abortion, and those were really pivotal scenes in my life. As well, uh, the, I wanted to be sure that I was there and I wanted to be sure that we got those scenes 100% accurate. Because I thought, if we don't do this right, if we like screw those up, if we botch up these scenes, if we exaggerate them, if we, you know, if we don't get these right, if we don't get these 100% accurate, then we might as well just throw out the whole movie, you know? so i was there for those you know they had to of course take some liberties with timeline because they were essentially fitting you know 12 years of my life into a 90 minute film sure yeah but uh you know as far as the story goes people always ask me oh my gosh is your husband really that amazing yes that, that was true. one of my questions.
0: Look, I, I don't often like prepare well, but like, look at all these <laughs> things that I have here. Uh wait, you're not seeing them right. And I have some yeah, because yeah, as I watched it last night, I'm like, wait, what? Okay. I, I'm like writing down the and a couple of them are about your husband. Like, yeah. I want to know like the real Doug. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he really is. He was really always that amazing. And he did challenge me, you know, because he was always pro life. So he did okay. challenge me, uh, you know. Okay, from time so, to
0: time. So, for those that don't know, Abby was working at and then became the director of Planned Parenthood. Is mm-hmm. uh, obviously assisting in some way, right? She's not a nurse or a doctor, but you know, in some way with abortions. I believe the the number that I keep hearing af- after all your time there was twenty two thousand, right? Twenty two thousand abortions, and yet your husband was pro life, right? You were pro choice. Your husband was pro life. Obviously, before you got married, probably the same, right? So. Yeah. Was that like, is that true that like he in real life, like he he hated abortion, couldn't stand it and yet loved you and was still willing to marry you, even though you worked there? Why is that? How how can that be that? That's what kept. I mean, I think it's amazing. And it, it, obviously, I mean, you know, it goes to show uh, real love. But yeah, just h- how is that possible?
1: He always says, you know, when when he always says that when he fell in love with me, it was, you know, past the point of deal breakers. Right. So, um, he just says, you know, I fell in love with her. I was already at the clinic and he was like, I just knew that I I wasn't going to let that, you know, her pro-choice beliefs be a deal breaker for me. We were just too far beyond that. And, You know, he he said in uh, some interviews, I've heard him say that um, he just always believed he saw that I had this heart for women that I did initially get into this for a good reason. Right. I didn't get into it saying I want to kill babies. Right. I mean, nobody gets into that, gets into it for that. Right. You get into it because you really have this like misguided compassion.
0: Well, you were kind of, uh, according to the movie, you were duped, sort of, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. By Planned Parenthood. Uh, right. Because I,
1: I didn't really know anything about the abortion industry or, you know, I didn't grow up talking about it or anything like that. So, um, so yeah. So he just always has said, like, I just believe that one day, like, you're, <laughs> like, you're, like, your smarts smart, we're going to catch up with your compassion. <laughs> Like mm. I just, I just had to believe that like one day it was all going to come together for you. And, uh, but he did challenge me, you know, Doug was a, Doug, um, was a special ed teacher for many years. And, um, I remember one time specifically he had, he taught high school special ed and he had, a, a boy in his class who, I don't know what it was. I don't know what condition it was, but whatever it was, um, one of your listeners will know. Um, but it was something that, uh, caused his muscles to harden in his body. And so he was confined to a wheelchair and the way that these people die with this condition is, you know, your heart is a muscle. And so eventually your heart, um, literally hardens and it doesn't pump blood anymore. And that's how they die. And I remember uh, he was one of Doug's students and he was, you know, he was nonverbal, um, you know, profoundly disabled. And uh, when he died, I, Doug went to the funeral. He came back that day from the funeral and they had had the funeral at this really large church in, in town where we lived. um, One of the largest. And, I said, well, you know, how was the funeral or whatever? Um, it was one of Doug's students, so he's obviously, you know, very moved by it. And he says, oh, it was, it was standing room only. And I thought, wow, really? I mean, standing room only, you know, for, for a kid that couldn't walk, couldn't talk, you know, whatever. Like, that was surprising to me, you know. And Doug said, yeah, I mean, this kid who you and your group would say is worthless and not valuable and would say is should be aborted. He had a profound impact on so many people. There was standing room only at his funeral. And I was like, okay, (laughs) like all right then, you know, I mean, so there were definitely, there was definitely, you know, moments of, kind of like hitting me with truth, you know, and and there's definitely moments of some there were tense moments in our marriage. Yeah. Um, for sure. And and we both say, you know, getting into a marriage where you are on completely different sides of such a an important issue like that. Um, we don't recommend it. <laughs> I mean like it's yeah, yeah. it does make uh, it does create a lot of difficulty, um, in your marriage. And even though it worked out for us, and even though, you know, our marriage is very strong now, um, it, we went through a lot of hard times and, uh, and it was not easy. You know, our marriage has sustained, has been sustained, but it's, it has not been easy. It would have been a lot easier for us, uh marriages would would marriages would do better if you know you go into a marriage and you're you know on these these issues of life and dignity and that you're on the same page
0: um definitely how, would make it easier how long were you married before you left planned parenthood let's so see how many we, years did you live like that opposing yeah for 4 years okay and did you did have children? At least one child. Yeah, we had one. Yeah, Grace. Mm-hmm. Okay, and she didn't know what you did. She was too young, right?
1: She Yeah, she was young. I. She. Uh, you know, she did go with me up to the clinic. I would take her up to the clinic, and you know, interestingly enough, she hated going up there. Mm. Um, you know, all of my coworkers. Oh, they just. I was the only person that had a baby. Um, out of all my coworkers, all the people that I worked with. And there were, you know, over 200 people in our affiliate. I was the only person that true. had a baby. I was not the only person that got pregnant. Okay. Many of my coworkers got pregnant, but they all had abortions.
0: Is it true um, that you were encouraged to have an yes. abortion by your boss or somebody mm-hmm. that worked there? Yeah that, was, that, yeah, that
1: was very true. That was that very true. true part of the film. and But I was the only one that had a baby. And so, you know, my coworkers just wanted to spoil her and buy her all these things. And Grace was such a cute baby. And um, they just wanted to love her and hug on her and kiss her and everything. And Grace would have nothing to do
0: with them. Really? And she didn't even know.
1: Mm -mm. I mean, I'm talking about even like as an infant, like even like 10, 12 months old. Um, Did you think that was
0: odd? Did you wonder about that?
1: I mean, I I thought it was kind of weird because she wasn't like a grouchy baby, you know, but uh, she would have nothing to do with them. She wouldn't go to them. She wouldn't let them hold her. Um, It was weird. And they they would buy her things and, you know, try to bribe her (laughs) with like gifts and stuff like that. And she was just like, no, don't touch me. Don't talk to me. She wouldn't even look at them. Um.
0: Did they actually really throw you like a baby shower in mm-hmm. the clinic after hours? Mm-hmm. They did. So after a day of all abortion, killing babies celebrated yep. your wow. I yeah, well, as I'm watching that, rewatching watching it last time. I'm like, did that? like cause this is the first, first of all First of all, thank you, because this is so cool for me that like in order to prepare for my guess, I have to watch a movie like <laughs> i 've never you know what i mean i 've never had a guest on where like a movie was made about their life so <laughs> and even though I know i don 't I don't know you at, at, like personally at all anything I know of you is through the movie or lately i 've been um, like listening to your podcast or watching like different interviews but i 've been following your social media for a while, and not that this is you, but I, I, I like you also for this reason. I don't know what the word is. I almost feel like we're a little bit of kindred spirits because, like, it seems to me like you really don't take any crap. Like, like yeah. you're really kind of like your, your podcast is called Politely Rude. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yo, I love that. Like, I, I wish I was more polite. I'm not, but I'm, a, I'm kind of intense. I'm kind of intense. And not, I don't know if, if that's fair to say, but like, I, I, love really, yeah. I like your style. No, yeah, yeah. Just, I'm pretty I'm I, pretty intense too I yeah I think that's a good word yeah and you have this whole story of leaving Plan Parenthood, but also there's so much that you're doing now that I'm just like all right we got to get into that too but <laughs> for 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 those that don't know anything about your story um like why did you why did you get involved in I understand it you know in college they, they kind of talked to you but like what made you actually think like hey this is a good career choice this is this is what I want to do.
1: Um, well, I, I, you know, I graduated from college and um, I knew I was going to go get my master's degree in uh, counseling psychology. And, uh, you know, I, I had this heart for women. I wanted to help women. And I thought, oh, you know, this is great. This is a great fit for me because I want to counsel people. Um, I can do that here i can I can counsel people here I can help them you know if they're having an unplanned pregnancy um that was such a naive kind of thought process that was you know in my in my mind um what's interesting though is your mind starts changing. Like you start having this like searing of your conscience and you sort of start, you really start to become hardened and uh, you don't even realize that you're doing, you don't even realize it's happening because it happens kind of slow. It happens just a little bit, you know, over yeah, kind of yeah. a long period of time. And so I, you know, I look back now and I can see that it started happening. You know, when I got involved, I was like, oh, I'm for, you know, I'm for choice, women making the best choice for themselves and I want to give them their options and I want to, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then uh, I really just became like this pro-abortion zealot, really, uh, where, you know, every woman who, that came in, I was like, oh, yeah, she should get an abortion. You know, if the woman was poor, if she was going to be a single mom, if she was young. I mean, it was like any reason for any abortion was a good reason. Did that? And and that was very different than why I originally, you know, had gotten involved with the organization.
0: That's a a great point. Do you think that that mindset changed more when you actually became the director and there was – like kind of pressure for more Mm -hmm. abortions or, or, or no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah. I think it, I think it changed. I think for sure I became, you know, more desensitized for sure. I was less with the patients and more with the money. Right. So I was less with the, I was even less with my coworkers. I was less with, I was less with the people. Right. And more with my supervisors the supervisors, the people on top, right? Like your CEO, your CFO, those people on top, um, they are very hardcore pro-abortion. So they're the people that are like making jokes about babies being killed. You know, they're the ones that are vulgar and, right? And so they're trying to make you that way too, they need to make you like them.
0: Well, it seems like your boss and forgive me, what what was her name in the movie? Uh, I don't know if there was a real name. Or Cheryl. Real name. That wasn't her okay. real name, but in the movie it was Cheryl. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, how do I say that? I know I'm a priest wearing a collar, but was she that much of like, <laughs> like, uh. Yeah.
1: She okay. was worse. Okay. My, my boss in real life was worse.
0: All right. I mean, it seemed like real. I know nobody is like inherently evil, and they, but like she seemed like a real evil person.
1: Yeah, um, my my boss was even worse, and I'll yeah. tell you, she has gone on to retire, um, from Planned Parenthood, and, um, she worked there for decades, um, but she was so vile and so vulgar. And I mean, Wait. she would she would make jokes about, you know, late term babies being aborted and them crying as they come out of the womb.
0: Um, OK, so how does a per- like so? OK, so I mean, Planned Parenthood, then you know, you're you were there for how many years? Eight, eight. You were a director. You were you were given the the employee of the year award. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were very involved. Yeah. So behind the scenes, it's I mean, does Planned Parenthood like inherently like evil, or are these people really convinced that they're doing something good? Like it could because hearing people laughing about aborted babies doesn't sound like the same of like really misled you know people that think they're doing a good thing but are actually doing something evil. To me, certain people in parent parenthood they they seem like you no know, they're they like enjoy this, yeah, yeah, like you know, so that that's what I wanted to ask
1: yeah so i think I think it's it's kind of I think there's two answers to that. So I think you know, the people I, I think Planned Parenthood as like systemically, like as an organization, I think the organization is is absolutely evil. What they stand for, what they were founded on, the principles they were founded on, I mean, they have eugenic roots. So everything they were founded on, everything they practice now it's completely evil, demonic. It, I mean, it's based on child sacrifice, right? So, yeah. I mean, the same thing that we see in the Old Testament, we read about, you know, Molech and Baal and, and those sorts of things. It's, it's, it's um, you know, it's current time child sacrifice. That's their business model. They do it day in and day out that's who they are right okay so that you know in itself is inherently evil all right but and there are people at the top and that's you know really where i was headed um who i believe are uh demonically oppressed um probably some of them demonically possessed mm. I, I do, I do believe that, um, we've had workers, uh, former abortion workers who have told us that, and, and they think that we're going to think they're crazy when they tell us these things. And we're like, no, we don't think you're crazy. We, we think that this, you know, could absolutely be true. We had a worker one time tell us that, uh, while they were doing an abortion, it was a late term abortion when the doctor was actually doing the abortion. She said, Abby, she said, I swear. She said, I'm not, I'm not, I, she said, I'm telling you, I'm not crazy. And she said, I, I don't, I don't, she said, I'm telling you, I, I swear I saw this. She said, I saw his face change into something that looked like a demon. And that's I said, I don't question. think that's crazy. I yeah. said, I don't think that's crazy at all. I think that, Many of these people um, do have demons, um, you know, living inside of them. Um, I mean, how how could, I I don't think that that's an unrealistic possibility, right? To be killing babies in the third trimester, uh, to be, you know, slitting the back of their necks after they're born. Um, I, I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility at all. So I, I think that that, uh, you know, I mean, look, there were just they're just in New Jersey. There was a Planned Parenthood director that committed suicide. And, you know, it was kind of it was kind of on the news and. and uh, well, why did he commit suicide? Well, because he was about to get busted for child pornography. Uh, and he knew, you know, the jig was up and he was about to get arrested and go to prison and. Uh, you know, and, the, the, and, you know, the title, of course, the headline everywhere was, you know, Planned Parenthood director commits suicide. Well, why did he commit suicide? Well, because he was involved in this child pornography, sex, ring. They didn't
0: even focus on that.
1: Right. They didn't focus on that. If it was in
0: the church. It would have been front page everywhere.
1: Right. But if you, if you think about child exploitation and you think about child murder in the womb, it's really two sides of the same coin. Because it goes back to the commodification of children. It goes back to the exploitation of children. And if they, you know, if they can't kill them in the womb, then they will kill their soul outside of the womb. And it's it's just this two-headed monster, really. And it's, you know, why does abortion exist? Well, the root of this evil is not abortion right it's the same with the lgbt agenda the root of that issue it, the lgbt push and agenda is not that's not the root i believe the root of this is really the destruction of the image of christ mm. that's really the root the yeah. root is the destruction of the family yeah. You heard that from from fatima right yeah. that will be the final battle is for the for the the fight for the family and abortion the LGBT uh, movement the you know fighting against child pornography all of that those are all symptoms of the root of the problem and that's the destruction of the image of God that's that's the destruction of the family
0: but why are like very smart people very intelligent very like people that have gone to Ivy League universities, you know, Yale, Harvard, I mean, brilliant. Why I that the thing about like I I, I don't I, I'm not trying to say this to be funny, get like I literally like I I don't get it at all how anyone, especially like an intelligent learned human being could be pro abortion. Like it's it's like I I I literally don't get it. Like I I don't get it. So one of my questions I was going to ask here is like why do you think that's so? Like, why is it just so? Like, I can't even believe that we're having the conversation. I know. I I can't even believe that, you know. Like, we have to have this. This like, I I, I literally don't get it. Like, I can't believe it. I, I why why is it? Is it purely just a demonic trick? I I just don't understand it.
1: I mean, yeah. I th- I th- of course. I mean, a lot of it is rooted in evil. I I mean that. I mean, it is rooted in evil, but um. I think also we're dealing with a very broken culture when it comes to abortion. So a lot of these people that supported a lot of these people that are, you know, championing abortion are also uh, people who've had abortions. They've participated in abortion in some way. Um, I think that's another reason that we see, you know, academia in particular defending abortion. I think it's one of the reasons that we see uh, or that we fail to see groups like the American Psychological Association, um, you know, these secular uh, psychological groups, counseling groups. We fail to see them actually coming out and talking about the psychological dangers of abortion Um, because many of the people that are higher up in these organizations, in these groups are people who have had abortions. And so it's a difficult thing when you've had an abortion to actually come out and say, oh man, I, I did that. I, I killed my kid. I murdered my kid. And there might be emotional and physical repercussions from that decision that I made. So it's a lot easier to gloss over it. It's a lot easier to pretend like the decision I made was great. The decision I made was good rather than have to face the consequences of your decision head on. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons that we're seeing this kind of creep into so heavily into academia. I think another reason though, that we're seeing it um, creep kind of everywhere is because there has been particularly in Catholic circles, because there has been kind of a hmm, lack of accountability, for those who call themselves Catholic, there's been a lack of accountability and there's been a lack of, um, uh, I don't know, uh, direction or there's been there's been a, there's been a lack of consequences for these public Catholics, right? Uh, or should I say, like culturally Catholic?
0: You say uh, anything you want. We could always cut it out later. You <laughs> just, you just let me know. Say anything you want.
1: I think you know when you've got people. I mean, look, there was a there was a, a pro life uh, vote. You know, pro life bill that was passing Kansas, and their Catholic governor vetoed it. Um, you know, same thing in another state just happened. Their Catholic pro life. You know, pro-life bill passed. Their Catholic uh, governor vetoed it. You've got the President of the United States. President of the United States, not only President of the United States doing and saying all these crazy things, there, there's such a lack of consequences right now publicly. And, and I, I think that there's, you know, you, it used to be, and I haven't always been Catholic. I've only been Catholic since 2012.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize that, that you're also a convert.
1: Yeah, but I, you know, I I was raised in South Louisiana where everybody's Catholic. I was like one, I was like party of 10, okay, of people that were not Catholic. All my friends were Catholic. And so I grew up in a very Catholic culture and I was raised Southern Baptist. But when I was a child, when I was a baby child, uh, my mom says I was always destined to be Catholic. Because when I came home from school every day, uh, I would turn on the TV. I would go into the bathroom. I would get a towel. I would put it on my head, and I would clothespin it in the back. And I would turn on the TV. I'd turn on EWTN. And every day after school, I'd watch Mother Angelica. Oh, my God. She was on the TV. And I wanted to be a nun. I just thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be a nun, like Mother Angelica. Anyway. Eight kids later, that didn't work out that way. But anyway, I just loved Mother Angelica. I loved her. I thought she was amazing. She was just a spitfire. Anyway, and I loved her. And back then, there was like a Catholic culture that was really pervasive all over the world, but particularly in the United States, that Catholicism really dictated the morality of our culture. It dictated the morality of religious culture, um, in our society. And so, because the the Catholic church is so large and it's such a dominant, uh, you know, faith tradition in, in the United States and, and, and across the world. And so, you know, it was kind of like wherever, wherever, Catholicism went, um, so did the rest of religious culture. And so now, you see that there's this contradiction in, in the Catholic faith community where you see that, well, we say these things We say our catechism that has never changed says that abortion is a grave, intrinsic evil. Our catechism, our canon law directs us on how we should treat the Eucharist and how we should treat those who publicly go against Catholic teaching. But yet, we're not doing it. So we become this contradiction. And, um, and I think that matters. I, I think it matters. I think it matters to non-Catholics who are watching how we're handling these situations. And, you know, does Catholic teaching actually matter? And I think a lot of people, and it, it opens up the door for people then to say, the Catholic church is actually weak on abortion. The Catholic church is actually weak on these issues where they've always been strong. And that is unfortunate. And it's actually a scandal.
0: Oh, it's it's big time. Really just excommunicating because excommunicating is not saying we hate you. You're damned to hell. Mm -hmm. Excommunication is actually supposed to be like a a path to reconciliation. It's actually an act of love. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, it, it is, it's a very weak thing. Look, I'm a low guy on the totem pole. I mean, I am a low guy on the totem pole. So I'm say things I've always, nobody really cares, but it is a scandal, not just it's a scandal to priests that that more people are not speaking up because I think that we are letting people get away with a lot. Imagine, imagine if every Catholic leader, imagine it lay or clergy. Imagine if they all said, imagine if every Catholic in the United States voted for a pro-life candidate, there would be
1: no discussion. Right. I love and honor our Pope. I love, I love Pope Francis. I pray for him daily. I can't even imagine having his calling. I I can't. Um, Oh yeah. And, and so it's not that, but I do think that, um, and I do think he's a beautiful person with a beautiful heart and nobody doubts that he is a pro-life person. Um, you know, he has, he is, he has said himself that, you know, having an abortion is like hiring a hitman. Yeah, I mean, that is, that is strong words, right? I mean, he obviously cares about the life of the unborn obviously is against abortion. So I don't, I don't mean that in any way. Um, But there there, there has to be consequences for our actions. And right now those, there are none. There is apparently none. It appears that there are none. Well, that's not true. There are consequences for some of us. But, For our most high, our highest leaders, right? That are influencing so many, it appears that they go against Catholic teaching so publicly, and they're rewarded. Yeah. And that is that is creating scandal. And it's it's creating so much confusion. And I I see it on I see it on social media all the time. People are like, "Oh, well, the Pope is pro the Pope is pro-choice." And I'm like, "No, he's not." Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, but he had Joe Biden there. He's pro-choice. And I'm like, no, that's not what that means, right? Yeah. and And so anytime we're anytime our behaviors, our actions are creating confusion, I think that we're we're we really should feel compelled to clear up that confusion.
0: Yeah. I mean, we could love and honor and respect any of our leaders and and at the same time, you know, say something that we wish they did this or, you know, we could be critical with love. So, sure. you know, I don't take it. Yeah. At 100%. I mean, I put Pope Francis is much holier guy than I am. And sometimes I'm like, you know, deeply moved by the, the things that he says and all that, but it is, I just think it is a scandal because a lot of people are like, where's the church? Why aren't they? Mm-hmm. The, and, and unfortunately, sometimes those of us, whether lay or clergy, uh, I'm thinking more in the clergy world that like, kind of like do get in trouble. They're more on the conservative side. Yes. Um, so, I, I mean, that's, that, that's another thing to be said, but.
1: Well, I mean, look, look at some of the ones that are getting promoted, like James Martin. I have no problem calling him out. James Martin. He just, he like just keeps getting promoted up and up and up and up on the food chain. This guy is a straight up heretic. And he just apparently just so beloved, you know, at the Vatican. And I'm thinking, what is happening? And then you've got these holy priests, these very holy men of God who are being silenced.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it, it just, you know, it just makes you wonder, like, what what is going on here? But you know what, we just have to keep praying, and um, in and, all things, in all things, God is sovereign, and and you know, that's that's what I just have to keep remembering. Um, you, you I don't know, have to know the answers, you know, but yeah, that doesn't well, mean I'm going to shut up about it.
0: Yeah, that's and you should, and thank you. I mean, because honestly, I think. I think you could say more things than I can, and that that's like yeah. you know that that's a little sad. Yeah, I mean it's great for you. Many of us priests are scared to say anything. I do. We yeah. we, we 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 are, and that's you know.
1: So, but uh, that's why that's why we are here, right? That's why the laity is here. We have to do a better job of speaking up and speaking out and not being scared. At the end of the day. I had a lot of priests emailing me and saying, thank you, because you're saying the things that we, we can't say without being like reprimanded, um, or punished. Right. Because, because you guys can't speak out a lot of times. And I was like, you know what, I'm willing to take the hits. I'm willing to have events canceled. I'm willing to have bishops say, you know, she's persona non grata in our diocese. I'm willing to be canceled from EWT. I'm willing to do those things because I feel compelled to do that because I feel like that's part of my job as the laity uh, to speak up and to have those difficult conversations. Your, your job is to shepherd us, right? Our job is really to, to speak out. And and to say the things that sometimes you guys can't say, and 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 we have to be willing to take those daggers and to take those hits, and um, and I we need more laity to be willing to. And I love my bishop. I mean, my bishop and I have a good relationship, even though he probably wants to bonk me over the head sometimes. But <laughs> um, but you know we have to be what we have to be willing to speak up. We've got to be willing to like get in the controversy and 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 just say what needs to be
0: said. Kind of I mean no matter the cost, really. What is your website? We'll just and I'll put it all in the show notes, but just so Yeah, yeah, know. it's
1: A- Abby ABBY AbbyJ.com.
0: Abbyj.com. Yeah, And I'll put everything, I'll put links to her social media, her website, uh books, everything will be in the show notes, okay? Um so all right, the movie's called Unplanned and yeah um, so you worked for Planned Parenthood, you were there for eight years. And, um, the reason why you ended up leaving is because should I just say it or do you want to say it? I I don't want to
1: say it. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, because one day, you know, you're just, you're involved in administration, but for the first time in eight years, you are asked to go into the actual surgery room and, and help with an actual abortion. Correct.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was a different type of abortion. It was an ultrasound-guided abortion. So ultrasounds are not typically used during an abortion procedure. Abortions are usually done like in a, a blind manner. They just have instruments. They blindly poke them around inside of a woman's uterus. But we had a visiting physician come in that day, and he was saying, oh, you know, I do abortions a little differently. I want to show you what it looks like, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he needed an extra set of hands to actually use an ultrasound during the abortion. So I was called in to be that extra set of hands. And, uh, I'd never seen anything like that before. I mean, I had seen ultrasounds obviously, but had never seen an ultrasound guided abortion, never seen what actually happens in the womb to a baby during the abortion. And, uh, yeah. And that was, I, the baby was 13 weeks old, you know, by 13 weeks, everything is completely formed on an unborn baby. And, uh, I saw this, this 13 week old baby fight and struggle for his life against the abortion instruments. And, uh, I, it, you know, I knew that then just by watching this, you know, I knew, okay, this is not, I'm not, I mean, I'm obviously not seeing choice, right? There was no choice given to this child in the womb. I'm not seeing justice of any kind. This isn't reproductive justice. There was no justice given to this child and really no justice even given to the woman because, you know, we didn't let her see her baby on the screen beforehand. We didn't really give her a good choice, right? I mean, they're just kind of manipulated and and just kind of push through the abortion process until they get back on the table and uh it certainly wasn't healthcare. and i i just realized like what i have witnessed what i just witnessed was the deliberate killing of an innocent human life and you know i was like we have a word for that in our society and that's murder And I just knew that that was exactly what I had witnessed. And I thought I can't, I can't ever participate in that again. Now I didn't walk out of there going, I am pro-life and, you know, I think abortion is terrible in all circumstances and I'm going to be a pro-life advocate and sign me up to pray on that sidewalk. You know, that was not, that was not how it was i just knew that when i when i first left i just knew that i no longer wanted to ever have anything to do with abortion again
0: first of all i'm sorry that you went through that uh and it's it's shown very profoundly uh in the movie um and then that started the conversion to the rest of your life and i realize i really want to respect your time but a couple questions um that i have was the scene uh earlier uh in, in your life uh working there uh where you're asked to go into the poc room the the yeah. the the products of consumption or people uh, pieces of children it, yeah. is that true did that also happen at some yeah. point okay. yeah
1: it was it was actually just like that um yeah. you know that scene with with my boss and you know her looking at me and saying oh you know I knew you were the one and you know, telling me at that time, you know, oh, you're you're going to be the one that takes over for me, and um, and she told me, you know, and I and I was like, what do you mean? You know, she said, oh, I, I knew you were the one, and and I was like, what do you mean? And she said, you're the only person I've ever brought in here that didn't cry, um, because you're, I mean, you're literally piecing parts of aborted babies back together, and I I just remember thinking in that moment, like. Wow. This is amazing. Like I was not um I was not bothered. I was not and I can't really explain that, but I was not bothered by what I was seeing in that dish. I remember thinking this is really miraculous that we go from from this from this tiny this tiny thing, this tiny human being to this. To what we are today, and uh, I was not—I was not bothered by it. I was not. There was no part of me that wanted to be upset or wanted to run out of the room or anything like that. I, I was really—I was really just blinded. Um,
0: so that's—that's that's my question. When I'm watching the movie, I'm like, "But wait a second! If seeing the the baby during the abortion trying to get away from the uh, instruments, but..." Prior to that, you had seen the, the pieces of these babies' bodies. I, th- I was wondering, I was like, but wait, why was she okay with that? But then when she saw that, it was different. So that, that's one of the, the good questions I thought I had.
1: Yeah, I think, I think part of it was, you know, I had seen all those graphic images for years. And, you know, all the bloody baby pictures and stuff that people would hold out on the sidewalk. And so I was like, I remember being in the room and being like, oh, it really does look like that. Like, <laughs> you know, that really is, that really is what it looks like. I think I was just so kind of desensitized to it because I had seen those pictures for so long. Um, and then when I saw it in real life, I was like, huh, those pictures are, are accurate. You know, like I, it wasn't shocking to me, I think, because I had seen it every time I pulled into my work, right, I was seeing those pictures for years. Um, So I was yeah, pretty desensitized right. to it. But it also wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't the bloodiness of the abortion, you know, that changed my mind. It wasn't the bloodiness of that. It wasn't, It you know, it wasn't that there were body parts pulled apart or, or anything like that. That wasn't actually what changed my mind on that. What really what really got to me, what really affected me when I watched that ultrasound guided abortion was seeing this baby trying to fight for his life.
0: Mm.
1: You know, I, you know, every time I, you know, pieced a baby back together, I was like, oh, okay, baby's dead. I never considered the life in the womb. Um, I was like, okay, yeah, another, you know, another dead baby that baby's not really alive anyway. It's just kind of, it's like a, it's like in limbo, right? It's like kind of alive, but kind of not. It's kind of parasitic, right? On the mother, it's like kind of a parasite It needs her to live. And so I, I really didn't consider it like fully alive, I guess. So then I'm, I'm seeing, you know, a baby in a dish and the baby's dead. And I've been seeing these pictures outside of dead babies for years. And then I see it in a dish and it's dead. And I'm like, well, okay, no big deal, right? But then I see this ultrasound and I see this baby has the exact same fight or flight human reaction that we would have, right? If somebody was trying to take our life, if somebody was was coming at us with some some dangerous instrument or something that could harm us, like we would have that same reaction, right? We would try to fight for our life. We would try to protect ourselves. And that's what this baby was doing. And I was like, oh my gosh, this... There is humanity there. This isn't just some some parasite in this state of life limbo. Like this is a living human being, and we've been killing all of these human beings, and um, that was really what that was really what changed my mind.
0: And. Uh... So that the, the Sean, Sean, Carney and was, is that Mary Grace? Is that like Mary, Mary Lisa, yeah. Mary Lisa. Um, so gracious uh, in that film. And, and you went, you went straight to them. You went to co- 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 coalition of life. So there were these people, for those of you that don't know these people outside of the abortion clinic, pro pro lifers, Catholic Christians, constantly praying and praying and praying had I think 40 days of life, praying 24 seven for 40 days, uh, and I believe the leader was this guy named Sean Carney. Yeah. Right. And uh, it, but you're saying it wasn't right away. It, it was over the, the, the course of about a week or so.
1: Yeah. It was about a week uh, before I actually left. I, you know, it was kind of funny cause I, <laughs> so I, I see this ultrasound guided abortion. Okay. Then it's Sunday. So we're closed. Monday comes around. I go home. I tell my husband what I saw and he's like. Okay, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. We go to church, because we went to church the whole time. We went to an Episcopal church, which is, you know, like anything goes. They're like, I go to this Episcopal church. <laughs> Sorry, I just and got that's, And that's where I had been going the, the whole time I worked at Planned Parenthood, right? Because they all loved that I worked at Planned Parenthood. They love abortion. The Episcopal church loves abortion. Okay, so I go, so I'm at the Episcopal church. And this is just so funny. It's like just proof that like God will relentlessly hunt you down right? Like no matter where you are, like if you're his, like, I mean, he will like relentlessly hunt you down. Okay. So I'm in this Episcopal church and the gospel reading that morning was the verse from Matthew that talks about, you know, if your hand causes you to sin better to cut it off. Right. Okay. And like if your eye causes, you to know, pluck it out, whatever. Okay. So that day before I had been holding the ultrasound probe, you know, that day and my hand was like physically sore, I guess. Cause I had been like gripping it so tight, you know, cause I was like stressed yeah. while this abortion's taking place. My hand's like super like, <gasps> you know, and it was like sore. Right. And like this whole like part of my arm was like kind of sore, like my forearm. So I'm sitting, I'm standing there and I hear this verse and I'm like, Oh crap. Like I I'm like, Oh my gosh! Like God is telling me, like it's better for me to cut my freaking hand off, yeah, right, than yeah. like participate in in these abortions. So I, so we leave church. I look over my husband. I'm like, did you hear the gospel reading today? And he's like, I don't know, no, what was it? He's like messing with our daughter, or you know, whatever, trying to get her from climbing all over the pews. So anyway, and I'm like, it said like better to cut your hand. my hand is like literally sore, you know, from holding the ultrasound probe. And he's like, oh, wow, that's crazy, you know? Okay, so I'm like, I go back that Monday to work, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I'm going to change Planned Parenthood. I'm going to get them to stop doing abortions. Like, that was literally what I thought. I was like, I'm high enough
0: up here now. Like,
1: I can convince Planned Parenthood to not do abortions. I was so stupid. Okay. So I go, I go back that week and I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm not doing any more abortions. So I'm avoiding, you know, like counseling women. I'm just staying in my office the whole time. I'm not talking to anybody. And I'm trying to devise a plan to stop Planned Parenthood from doing abortions. Okay. So then later on, standing in my office and I'm looking outside and I see all these women walking outside and they're carrying these brown paper bags and i know in the bag are abortion pills and i'm like dang it i'm like you know what first of all abortion is planned parenthood it's it's part of the fabric of this organization
0: is it really the fries and the soda
1: it really is i mean that it's who they are right and i thought i'm like nobody I mean, I can't, I can't change this organism. I can't change this machine, right? And I thought, and every day that I stay here, I'm participating in abortion. Even if I'm not in that counseling room, even if I'm not in that room, even if I'm not in the recovery room, even if I'm not in that procedure room, even if I'm not piecing those babies back together, my paycheck is coming from money that is being earned off the backs of these dead children and i thought i i can't do this anymore i have to get out and uh and so that that was the day that i i actually went to the coalition and uh, i said you know i cannot do this anymore and they'd always told me you know if you ever want to leave we'll help you i never thought that was going to happen and then that day when i walked in uh i they were just as surprised as i was so
0: i love that scene i i love it Listen, people, if you haven't seen Unplanned, it's it's like really good. Like sometimes Christian movies get like a bad rap because it's kind of corny. Like this is like a really good, like well-made movie, like production-wise, acting, you know, music, cinematography. It, it's like a, it's a, it's really good. It's not just good because it's like a true story. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's actually just like a really good movie. Um, and uh, I, I could ask you. 20,000. I don't know how you're doing on time. I, I could ask you other, but I want, I want to respect, I hope I can have you back for part two, but what yeah. can we, what could we plug for you? What, what can we plug for you now? Uh, Cause you have a lot of different things going on, but where could we give people resources?
1: So, I mean, my website is full of resources. I've got both of my ministries on my website, abbyj.com. If they want to know you know more about the work I do getting abortion clinic workers out of the industry, um, through and then there were none. Also, we have a crisis hotline, a support hotline for women who are pregnant or uh and need help or women, single women, single moms who need help, paying bills, whatever. That's loveline.com. I've got information about that on my website. Um, also on my books on my or on my website. Um, you can get autographed copies there or Amazon or wherever you'd like to buy your stuff. Um my podcast, you can listen to my podcast on my website or anywhere where you listen to podcasts. It's called Politely Rude. Um, also just had, I've had two books come out this year so far. My latest one is called Fierce Mercy. Or no, my first one that came out this year is called Fierce Mercy. My latest one is called Life to the Full um, that just came out like a couple weeks ago. I didn't even know it was coming out. And what do you know? It just showed up at my house and I had a book out. Um that's how uninvolved you talk about being a mess. I'm a mess. I I was totally uninvolved in my book coming out. So I, you know, whatever.
0: Hey, God bless that you're that you have that much going on that, you know, and and I want to thank you for what you're doing. I mean, it can't be easy. I'm telling you, I have like some of the best questions right here, but, um, (laughs) I I'll we'll do it I, again. We'll do it right. again. I know cause I don't know what's going on here. And then I heard so I think maybe one of your children are looking for you. And I'm like, I'm keeping All my kids on. just got home. All yeah, my kids yeah, exactly. They're being, exactly they're
1: literally standing outside my door, like
0: Mom, are you
1: coming out soon?
0: You know, I know. No, exactly. No, exa- all right. Waiting. So very brief. Just the last last question I promise. Why did you convert convert to Catholicism? <laughs> brief. All <laughs> right, no, then really forget I, about it. We'll wait that for I
1: you know, it was honestly. Um, and like I said, my mom said, you know, I was always destined to be a Catholic, but I, I think I always, uh, had a draw to, uh, Mary, uh, my, my whole life. When I worked at Planned Parenthood, this is crazy, but when I worked at Planned Parenthood, I had Mary and art all over my house. Mm. I was just always very drawn to her and, uh, and, and even, uh, I, it's in the book, but I, I talk about this in in unplanned, um, but for years, people that prayed in front of our in front of our clinic would uh, they would put little miraculous medals in our flower bed. They would like kind of bury them in our flower bed, and it like it ticked me off because I'm like, "That's our flower bed. Stop putting your crap in it," you know. So every Monday morning, I would go, I would like walk into our flower bed, and I would dig them up. I would dig up all the miraculous medals and I didn't know what they were. So I knew they were some Catholic thing. So, and I didn't want to throw them away. Cause you know, it's like jewelry or something. So I was like, I don't know what this is, but I'm not going to throw it away. So after all those years and digging them up every Monday, I had like a huge stash of them in my office, in the abortion clinic, I had a bowl, like a huge bowl, and it was just like overflowing with miraculous metals sitting on the shelf in my, in my clinic, in my office. So, you know, every Monday morning I would, I would, you know, wash and dry these metals off and I would just throw them in this bowl and I just had this. So when I left the clinic, I took that bowl. I was like, I don't even know what the heck these are, but I'm, I've worked hard to get these. So I'm taking them. So I, I took the bowl. Of, I still have them with me. So I took the bowl of metals and, um, uh, and, and left. So I just think that there's always been like something in my life that's been like drawing me to the yeah. church, even as a child. And, uh, and then when we left, when I left Planned Parenthood and I became publicly pro-life, I actually got fired from the Episcopal church. Like our priest called us in and said, you're no longer welcome in the Episcopal church of America. <laughs>
0: because you became pro-life.
1: Yeah. Cause I was publicly pro-life. So, which was fine. Like, I knew I didn't I didn't want to go there anyway now that I was pro-life because they're like their national doctrine is is pro abortion. Like I knew I didn't want to go there anyway, but like I kind of wanted to fire them, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. they fired me first. And <laughs> um, and like all of our new friends were Catholic. And so they kept inviting us to mass. And both my husband and I, my my husband grew up um Lutheran. So both my husband and I kind of like grew up with like anti-Catholic tendencies, you know, and we were like, ah, no, no way. Like, we're never gonna be Catholic, you know, those people like worship statues and stuff, you know? And um, and so we were like, no, 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 we hate Catholics, never be Catholic. But they kept like our new friends kept bugging us about becoming Catholic. So we were like, look, let's just go to Mass one Sunday and we'll tell them we hated it, and then they'll stop bothering us about going. And we went to mass one, one morning and we like walked out. And we, my husband and I like get in the car, like silent, which never happens. We get in the car, we're silent. We both look at each other and we're like, huh? Like we didn't hate it. We actually felt a lot of peace there. Like we felt the presence of God. And we didn't know why. We didn't know anything about the Eucharist. Like we didn't know what was going on. But we knew we wanted to learn more. Um, about this feeling that we had, you know, about this piece that we had, and as soon as we told Sean that, as soon as I told Sean, that Sean Carney, like he's like, oh yeah, you want to learn more? Okay, well, I'm gonna set up a meeting uh, with this guy at the church, and you can like just ask some questions. And What I didn't know was that he'd actually like set up a private RCIA for us. Oh wow! And so we um, actually went through like a private RCIA with the director um, of the program and which was great because he, Marcel, his name is Marcel Lejeune. And he, um, was like just as stubborn as I am. And we would like legit fight, like yelling, fighting in his office during our stay. And that was exactly what I needed. Like I needed somebody who was willing to challenge me and like get in my face and be like, no, you're wrong. Like, and you've been wrong. And here's why. And I, I needed that. I needed, cause every, I was used to pushing people around, you know, in my life and in my job. And I pushed Doug around, you know, for our four years of our marriage. And, um, Marcel was like, nah, girl, you're not pushing me around. (laughs) Like, and he was like, he was willing to like get in my face and yell back. And it was awesome. And that was exactly what I needed. And Sean knew that. And so, um, Yeah, and I and so Doug actually, my husband was like, he was convinced pretty early, like that he wanted to join the church, and I was like, no, that's never going to be me. Like, I'm not going to be one of those Catholics. It's not on contraception, and I'm not going to be that person that has like a gazillion kids and how many NFP and and whatever. Like, that's not ever going to be me. Like, you can be Catholic, but I'm not going to do it. And then like Doug came to me and he's like, look, he was like, I'm doing this. I'm becoming Catholic and I'm joining the church with or without you. And that was the first time ever in our relationship, in our marriage ever, that he had just like put his foot down like that. And I was like, dang, that was like kind of hot, you know? And so um, I was like, I need to, like, I need to get serious about this. Like if he's doing this, I need to actually like pay attention and listen and like stop fighting. And so I read the catechism like front to back. And read the compendium. I started reading like early church fathers. I like read the Summa. Like I, I did all this reading. And Doug was like convinced because he read like theology of the body for beginners, and he was like, "Yeah, they right on this. They've that's got to be right good. on everything else, you yeah. know." And I'm like reading the Summa. You know, that's so. That's how Doug and I are so different. Um, and so yeah, and so like once I read that, it was like apostolic succession and yeah, all of that. That was like what was. That was, those things, that's what convinced me. Um, And there were things that I was still like, I was like, I don't know. I don't know, Marcel. Like, I believe the church is, I believe the church is right, but I'm having a hard time getting my head wrapped around it. He was like, that's fine. He was like, as long as you believe the church is, is right. And he was like, God will work out, you know, he'll work out the things in your head. And I have to say, like, by the time that we actually entered the church, which was Easter Vigil 2012, um, there was no, I had no, like, doubts. I had nothing in my head where I was like, Man, I don't know. I don't know what I think about this. Like, every everything in my head was, like, sorted out. And um, I I came in. It was just, it was, just, like, the best thing. It was the best thing for our marriage, the best thing for our family. And, yeah, now I am one of those Catholics. So, you know, I am, we have eight kids. and we became catholic and just started breeding like rabbits <laughs> and
0: wow. how many 100 people have left the abortion industry because of your story and that you helped yes yeah,
1: six, 650
0: 650 people that worked for either Planned Parenthood or the abortion industry have left and you, that your entire ministry is called what about that
1: and the, it's called and then there were none
0: and then there were none so all the links every, i'm telling you we barely scratched the surface And I I hope we run – I think I recently just like got these new friends at the March for Life that are also your friends. So I hope we uh, cross paths, Jason Jones and um, uh, Marilis. And and Jason just asked me to be a chaplain for him for some pilgrimage to Hawaii. I'm like, gee, Hawaii? (laughs) Let me think. Um, (laughs) That's a hard one. Yeah. Right. So listen, if there's anything that I could do for you, you gave me an hour and and – anything I could do for you at all, you just let me know. Thank you for this. This has been a blessing. I hope we can do it again someday. do it
1: again. All right. Awesome.
0: Praise God. Uh, Tell your family I said, I'm sorry, but thank you. Thank you. They're used
1: to it. That's fine. I hear them literally like rummaging through the pantry, like destroying it right now. So it's fine. They're occupied. It's fine.
0: All right. Do me a favor. Say a prayer for my priesthood and a prayer for this podcast, especially that it doesn't get canceled. No, Uh,
1: you'll be fine. All right.
0: Awesome. No, no, not because of you, because of me. <laughs> Not you, because of me. All right. So, all right. Uh, we started with a Hail Mary. Let's end with a Hail Mary. Uh, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen.